Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! <laughs> Welcome to the Mad Max Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we break down Mad Max one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 32, which begins with Toe Cutter sending Bubba back for Johnny, and it ends with Goose holding Johnny in MFP headquarters. So we start this minute with Bubba talking to the Toe Cutter. They're on the side of the road. Bubba's on his bike. Toe Cutter's up in the truck. And he's basically saying that Bubba has no faith in johnny's ability to really learn what it's like to be in the gang right to learn his lesson from getting high and therefore getting arrested although they don't know at this point i don't see how they could know at this point that he's been arrested yeah i think johnny's problem at this point is that he doesn't know how to be a team player he's so focused on getting high or getting or overexerting himself Physically, he's so focused on number one that he's unable to really join the group. Like, you think of Kundalini and Mudguts. They are very individual personalities. Yet, they are part of the group. You know, they interact with each other and the other gang members and they are part of the group. Where Johnny just kind of stands apart. We kind of mentioned that he's kind of Toe Cutter's squire. Yes. That type of thing. Yes, and we we uh, we guess that he's fairly new. Yeah. Yeah. Have we ever really seen Johnny participating in the more innocent uh, merrymaking of the gang? I mean, he was there when they were terrorizing the town, but he wasn't like he wasn't one of the people that we focused in on. I yeah. Can't even remember like where he was or what he was doing. Yeah, I feel like without the toe cutter, Johnny just lacks discipline. He lacks the ability to keep his primary focus on what the gang is doing, what the gang needs. Mhm. And so this whole statement of he's never going to learn, which follows up from yesterday Bobby's or which follows up from yesterday, Bubba's assertion that Johnny has done it again and that he's a lost cause, that he just lacks the ability to really contribute in a meaningful way to this, you know, group of criminals. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it's interesting to note that even a group of criminals, teamwork is important. Mm-hmm. And without, if, if a if member is not exhibiting teamwork skills and characteristics then they get left behind. Yeah. And if they're and, more focused on chasing their own high, then uh-huh. if they're not there, it's going to inconvenience other members of the gang. Right. And you know, you don't leave a gang. No. <laughs> you. They don't let you leave. Right. You die. Yes. So if Johnny continues down the same path that Bubba projects that he will, they're going to kill Johnny. Yeah. I don't think, or he'll would... get himself killed in another way, which yeah. is far more likely. Yeah, in the short term, I don't think they would just let him trickle away. Right, and I mean they might let him rot in jail. Yeah, but but Toe Cutter doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't think that should be the case just now, and it's funny because when Toe Cutter is listening to Bubba say these things about Johnny, he kind of leans back and almost gets a smile on his face. Yeah, because he's so it's so obvious that Bubba does not like Johnny. 
And that seems to amuse Toe Cutter. Oh, yeah. And and, he, and Toe Cutter apparently sees something in Johnny that Bubba doesn't. Yeah. And so he just straight up says, you know, you know, we're going to teach him. We're going to we're going to make sure that he learns from this lesson. And you, the one person that was just complaining about him, are going to be the one to go get him from police custody. Yeah. I feel like Toe Cutter kind of knows that they won't be able to hold Johnny. With the confidence that he sends Bubba back makes it seem that he already knows that it's a done deal. That no right. one's going to be there to stand Like you don't have him. to get him out of jail. You just got to pick him up yeah. from jail. Yeah. Bubba's not having that, of course. <laughs> and he, it, this is probably the most ballsy response that the toe cutter is going to receive in this movie, where he has someone straight to his face tell him, no way, no. not him, or no, no way, not me, not for him. Right. I and, think that says a lot about toe cutter and Bubba's relationship. Yeah. I think, I think Bubba is pretty much second in command at this point. Yes. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. And. I mean, it doesn't please the toe cutter. His expression goes from that kind of wry smile to his his expression changes rather quickly. Yes. I think his response to that, toe cutter's response, is masterful. Oh, yeah. He says, "It's but you're not doing it for him. You're doing it for me. That leaves Bubba no room to say anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he turns it around. over. Yeah. It's not so much at that point a question of Bubba's individual feelings for another member of the gang, Toe Cutter is directly calling into question his loyalty to yep. Toe Cutter. And if you are loyal to me, you will do this. Yeah. And I have no question of your loyalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Therefore, just... I'm going to immediately drive away and assume you're going to do it. Yeah. I love that he he says this thing and then he just kind of, he's, he's playing with his key the whole time. But after he says it, he kind of puts the key into the palm and he just kind of whistles and the truck pulls away. That, the way he did that, the way he whistled and the car, the truck immediately pulls away, that kind of makes me think that a member of the gang is driving. Mm. Because we talked a lot before about about Toe Cutter's nonverbal communication and how powerful it was and how he does these things, whistles and yells and hand motions and whatnot, and people respond perfectly to them so i got the sense that whoever was driving knew toe cutter and his ways well enough to know that the whistle means go and he was able to follow that command very very quickly Hmm. i like to believe that toe cutter just has that force of personality enough that, that it he's didn't able need to, to be something established. That he's able to do that with with more with than strangers. just yeah, with with complete strangers. I believe that. Yeah, I can see that because he's just got that he's got that natural charisma, right? That and the actor brings to the role. Yes, and whoever is driving had to interact with the gang and toe cutter enough to at least communicate about the truck, get the truck loaded, and take off. Yeah. So, I mean, that's at least a few minutes of interaction, which, you know, we learn from, we learn from the station master is enough. Yeah. I have to wonder, we mentioned last minute that gum chewer is in the passenger seat of the cab Mm. and we kind of hypothesized that maybe this was a friend of hers. I have to wonder if this is not the first time that gum chewer has run into the gang because there there had to be a reason why the Night Riders' remains were sent to We Jerusalem. Right. You know, because they're a nomadic they're a nomadic gang. 
Yes. Like they don't have which a is single mentioned a lot. Yeah. And you know, now that you say that, it makes me think back to way back when we were being introduced to We Jerusalem. Gumchewer was the one she was like standing in the middle of the road. Yeah, she like came out to meet them. Yes. And other people, like uh, the station master, reacted with a little bit more caution and with a little bit more reserve. The Chevy couple hid like around the corner for the whole time the gang was in town. Everybody else behaved with with some level of caution. Yeah, they were wary of the... Except her. Yeah, because she was... She was out in the middle of the road. Yeah. So And she integrated very quickly. Yes. I like that. I think she knew them previously. Mm -hmm. And so getting handsy with the gang members, probably not the first time. Right. And maybe she knows them so well that it was arranged that that she helped make the arrangements. Saying, okay, send the the coffin to Jerusalem. I'll let the guys know that's where it's coming. And they can come pick it up. Maybe she was part of the arrangements. I would I would like to believe that just because these characters that aren't given names, I want to believe that there's more to them. Yes. <laughs> and that they really should be given names. <laughs> and and the gang, I would assume, are wanted men. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we don't, up until the Chevy scene, we don't see them commit any crimes, but I think we can safely assume that they have. Um, so how would they arrange with whoever... For the coffin to go to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So that that tells me it was her. Yeah. I, I It was somebody clean and legitimate. I like that. Made those arrangements. Yeah. So the truck pulls away. Mm. And Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba pouts. Bubba pouts. And you can't. Yeah, his helmet covers enough of his face that you, you cannot see. Oh, but what little tiny bit you can see. Of, oh, like, you can his see his eyes. eyes. Yeah. Yeah, he is angry. He's not happy. And he says he's nothing like the Knight Rider. And he yells. Yeah, he says, you're wasting your time. The skag don't rate. He's nothing like the Knight Rider. Yes. Now him... And then he slams his visor shut. slams his visor shut. (laughs) It's so, like, little boyish. Yeah. Um, Okay, the way he yells... I don't think he was necessarily yelling at the toe cutter, expecting the toe cutter to hear. Right. I think he was yelling for the sake of yelling. Because sometimes you yell for the sake of yelling. Sometimes you just have to get it out. Right. So I think he was just yelling for himself. Yeah, that's that's very fair. Um, what I got out of that statement, though, it seems to me like... And this would explain why Toe Cutter is actually sending Bubba back for Johnny. That the Toe Cutter takes his gang members and he kind of cultivates them for specific purposes. Yes. Because when Bubba says, you know, he doesn't rape, he's nothing like the Knight Rider. It makes me wonder, like, okay, is Toe Cutter trying to build up Johnny to be a replacement Knight Rider? That would make sense because... If the job of Knight Rider is how he got his name, his nickname, which I, I like that theory. Yeah. Um, that job is now vacant. Yes. And it's a very important job. So they need to fill it. And it's somebody who works more independently than the gang as a whole, who we talked about last minute, is very teamwork oriented. The Knight Rider is very independent. They may work with a small team. Mm-hmm couple of guys maybe but largely independent so that person needs to be incredibly reliable incredibly responsible which would explain the reverie that the gang especially toe cutter has for knight rider yeah uh because he did have that reputation of being able to 
to do that work. And it's a high bar to meet, I think. Yeah. And I think that Bubba is absolutely right. Johnny, I don't think is capable of meeting that bar and doing that job. Yeah, whatever potential the toe cutter sees in Johnny the boy, Bubba does not see that. No, I don't see it either. I have to wonder if toe cutters idea of elevating johnny the boy somehow through instruction and training is frustrating to bubba because he probably wants more he probably wants a better position in the gang uh different responsibilities more responsibilities it's interesting that you say that because we've established that bubba is second in command yeah you can't go much higher so there's not really much place that he can go unless he overthrows Toe cutter, i.e. kills him. Or if he's given, like, a a franchise, so to speak. Right, like a sector that he is in charge of, i.e. the night riding. Yeah, night riding. I I like that. I had to question myself, because ever since the beginning of this movie, I've been very adamant that Knight Rider was not one of the Acolytes directly. Yes. But this last shout here kind of makes me rethink that, okay, maybe he was a direct member of the gang, and I think what throws me off is the fact that we only ever see Knight Rider in a car because that's what he escapes in. We never right. see him on a motorcycle. We don't know for a fact that four wheels was his primary mode of transportation. It would make more sense that he was more of a car guy because yeah. if he's running cargo at night, a motorcycle is not a very efficient way to do that, it's... especially once you get into like weapons. If he's just running drugs, well, you know, you can put a lot in some saddlebags. And a backpack. Yeah. But if you're running weapons or fuel... You need, need something more substantial. You need something more substantial. So it's it's a possibility... I think it still could go either way. It's a possibility that when he was with the gang as a whole, he was a, a biker like them. Mm-hmm. But when he was doing his job, he rode... He drove whatever vehicle was needed for that job. Yeah. Or he could have been, you know... He could have been an associate that wasn't necessarily part of the gang working for the gang. Yeah, like a independent contractor type of thing. Yeah, so I think it still could go either way. Yeah, it's uh, it's frustrating because I think the wikis will say that he was just a member of the gang. And it's like, I just don't think it's that simple. Yeah, I think there's more to it than that. Yeah, because Bubba is a very interesting character to look at. So when he says things... Like, it's worth listening to what he's saying. Yes. He's very reserved in his movements and his his speech. So when he does things, you pay attention. Yeah. And he delivers. I mean, we, we talk a lot about how Toe Cutter delivers his lines and how, how he delivers with such gravitas. Well, so does Baba. Oh, yeah. And the pair of them together, like, they have this conversation and it's... Power power plays back and forth. Bubba on the losing side, of course, because yeah. the toe cutter's in charge for a reason. But it's a very interesting conversation that they have back and forth. I love the way that toe cutter says Bubba. Yeah. It's almost got like Bubba. this weird little accent to it. Yeah. It's kind of breathy the way he says it. But <laughs> um, later on, there um, after... Johnny gets taken away from MFE headquarters. We have a, a scene on the beach and he like says more of the, the gang member names. Yeah. And it's just, I love the way that he speaks. Yes. You know, he's just, the way he talks is so captivating. It's a shame that he's such a despicable human being. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So I was thinking in all of our talk about Bubba, 
About the name Bubba? Bubba Zanetti. Like, okay, Bubba is a dumb name. <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of and those... And it's a name often given to... one of those good characters, old boys type thing. Yes, with less intellect or less sophistication. Very stereotypical there. But when you say Bubba's name altogether, Bubba Zanetti, it's very... Um, it's much more of a badass name. When you it's, say it all together, Bubba Zanetti, Zanetti. Yeah. is a cool name. But Bubba is a stupid name. Uh, so it's a weird... I'm kind of surprised that we haven't taken to calling him by his entire name all the time. Because it's so much better sounding. Mm. Bubba Zanetti as opposed to just Bubba. But on the other hand, Toe Cutter makes it sound fantastic. Yeah, he says so, it like... Instead Bubba. of Bubba, he goes like Baba. Yeah. He like pronounces the U in kind of a weird way. Yeah. Um, it just, it drips with something that I can't quite put my finger on. Mm-hmm. You know. I, I think that's how you can describe a lot of um, Hugh Keys Burns lines. Yeah. Which, <laughs> did we did we decide that we're just going to call him HKB? Maybe, because I think I messed up the S's again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So a lot of what that actor says is dripping with something you just can't put your finger on. Yeah. And just... that's... That's where his charm comes Raw from. Raw charisma type of thing. Yes. And he's not like, okay, in later years, like he does not, he does not stay the same shape. He starts to look like an old man in later years, but he's still like just in the voice, in the voice and in the presence alone. Yes. He retains that, that just captivating aura, even if physically he doesn't, you know, he doesn't look like he looks in 1979. <laughs> yes, I think you brought up when you did his IMDb coverage, you brought up that movie. Um, Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. Well, we watched a uh, a review, an in-depth review on that movie. Yeah, it's the one it's, I mentioned, uh, Brows Held High. Yes, Brows Held High. So we watched that. And you were absolutely right when you said that you watched that episode of Brows Held High and you're good with seeing the movie. So I almost missed him. He shows up really quick, but it's kind of doofy. His appearance in the movie is kind of doofy. Yeah. Like he's got the long gray hair. Which is put up in like a ponytail. Which is in a ponytail. And he's... Very barrel shaped. Yes. And he's got this young woman who weighs like nothing. I'd be surprised if she weighs 100 pounds. Yeah. And she's like dead asleep, which is the Premise of the movie. Yes, which is the premise of the movie. And he drops her on the floor. And she like flops. She's like aiming for the side of the bed and he just misses. And it's just so like polar opposite of what we see of his performance in this movie. And I, I must admit I was disappointed. Yeah. I feel like I need to go find something else that he was in where we get to see the classically trained Shakespearean actor again. Yeah. To like cleanse my palate. Of the little blip that we saw of him in Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, we might have to watch that Moby Dick movie then. The one with uh, Captain Picard. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, absolutely. That's a mix of Star Trek and Mad Max. It's like two of the best things in the world put together. Well, the nice thing about Hugh Key's burn, good old HKV, is that we are going to see him again in Fury Road. Yes, but he... Uh, not in a fantastic way. I mean... <laughs> but he's I worried. don't even think... I. Okay, it's been a while since I've seen that movie, and now I certainly won't watch it now because I don't want to burn out before we, you know, analyze it minute by minute. But from what I remember from when the movie first came out, I think we saw it in theaters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that twice. Was, yeah, and that was the last time I saw the movie. He's a gross old man. Yeah. He's a very gross old man. Like, physically, he's, like, breaking down and he's, like, gross. And then, like, his behavior with his harem 
and all that kind of stuff. It's just gross. So that is not a palate cleanser. That does not bring me back to <laughs> the classically trained Shakespearean actor that we get to witness in this movie. Yeah. I need something better than that. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be able to find it. We, we've got to fill the hiatus time somehow. Yes. Which we're only a third of the way through this movie. So we are, it is far too early to start really talking seriously about what we're going to do over the hiatus. Oh, but I have so many ideas. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So where were we? The toe cutter leaves. Bubba shouts impotently, slams his visor shut and just rides away. Yes. Because God dang it. He is loyal to the toe cutter and he's going to do what he's ordered. Even if he doesn't like it. It's interesting. I just thought about, so you know when you're mad and maybe you yell Maybe you slam a door, you know, parallel that to slamming his visor down. <laughs> to satisfy that, you like want to stomp off, you know, you want to, you want to make your exit known. Yeah. Okay. So he does like part of that. He yells and he slams his visor, even though nobody's paying attention. But then instead of getting to, to like speed off. He doesn't like burn out or anything. No, he, he has of... to do this kind of awkward turnaround where he doesn't have quite enough room to flip a Yui. He has to do kind of a awkward turn thing with his foot. And it just kind of ruins his exit a little bit. Yeah. It's like it's like you yell at somebody, you slam the door and you're stomping off and you trip. Yeah. It's kind of like that. It just kind of ruins the entire thing. Yeah, if he had been able to like do a burnout or something, just Really, yeah, just grip a, down on his front brakes. It's like having the, the last word in an argument. You know, kick up a bunch of dust in protest type of thing. Yes, but nope, he just he, vroom, and, drives away. Yep, and then drives off. And then we we get not one but two establishing shots, right? Before Which we I fade don't in understand on a thing because we've already had establishing shots of the halls of justice. Yeah, we've already been there after the establishing shots. Like, we know, you can just show us the office. We know where they are. Yeah. I feel like there's a missing title when it shows that shot. It's really hazy in the distance behind some power lines. It's just a city. Yeah. I was kind of surprised by, like, it looked like a real legit city. Yeah. And it's like, And that's something we have not seen before. Like, if if this was taking place, they... (sighs) They imply by the order of the establishing shots that the Halls of Justice is in this city. Yeah. Well, if it's in this city, we should have gotten that city establishing shot way back, like the first shot of the movie. Yeah. Considering that we opened the movie with shots of Highway and then the Halls of Justice, it makes it feel like the Halls of Justice is off on its own. This, on the other hand, shows the city and then the Halls of Justice. Where we really only needed to see the Halls of Justice. Yeah. I mean, if, if the Halls of Justice are in the city that they're showing us, then it's misplaced. Yeah. If it's not, if it's in like a podunk town or kind of out on its own, then it's still it's still misplaced. Yeah. I, just, I don't think the shot belongs in the movie at all. Yeah. And the fact that we, we get the exterior shot of the building and then go inside, like... We they're get, acting like we've never been here before. It's like, okay, you're in a city... You're in a complex. Here you are. You're in a building. But when we go inside that building, like we're not actually inside the Halls of Justice as we've known to recognize it. Like when we think of the Halls of Justice, we think of the old pumping station. Well, these interior shots, that's not the pumping station. 
It's actually the Old Port Melbourne Gasworks, um, which according to the little blurb I read on MadMaxMovies.com, it's been completely renovated and torn down and changed since then. And interestingly enough, it wasn't even that long after they shot these scenes, which thank goodness, because these buildings, the interiors, horribly run down. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. In 1986, and this is straight from the gasworks.org.au about us history page. In 1986, the old South Melbourne Gasworks was recreated as Gasworks Arts Park. On eight acres of beautiful parkland, Gasworks is now a thriving community arts center owned by the city of Port Phillip. The heritage industrial buildings now house two theaters, art galleries, artist studios, workshop spaces, and more, which is so much better than what we see in the movie here. Yes. Because, like, there are walls coming down, there are windows broken everywhere. Like, it's it's pretty cruddy. Yes, I think we, we uh, I don't think we've mentioned it in a while, but there was no budget for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so they found a location that looked office-like that was already run down. And we don't get too much happening in this scene because it is such a slow pan across the room. Yeah, it's just establishing shots. I mean, there's a few little things that we pick out. Yeah, there's like dispatches just rattling off numbers. Uh, the lines are code 7 progress 81 code 7 progress 83 and it's just like just reading these things off. We don't right. actually get actual words until next minute until tomorrow. Okay, that goes along with my, th- my theory that she just needs to talk. <laughs> If she doesn't have anything actual to say, she starts reading something. Yeah, which is why we we were so frustrated when, when she didn't like, have any information. Nope. Um, but before we we actually lose the minute, we can kind of see Goose and Johnny are like further yeah, back in the scene. Yeah, it's like Goose is sitting at his desk with Johnny like standing or sitting on a stool or something he's like in the corner, like neck yeah. and wrists and feet. Like he's right. Like don't they have a holding cell? I feel like they don't. <laughs> I feel like they should, right. but they probably don't. I, I mean, is, this is a police station, isn't it? You, can, It's really hard to notice because he is so far back in the frame. We're going to see it better tomorrow. But Johnny's like wearing a suit as if he was dressed up for court. Oh, okay. If this is court day, then that would explain why he's not in a holding cell. Yeah, so he was probably at court in his suit and then brought back to the headquarters while they deliberations were happening right so right goose was just hanging out at headquarters all day and this is just the time that he gets to spend with johnny and he's sitting at a desk or something flipping quarters into his helmet which is hanging on the wall yeah and like playing a little basketball game with coins which of course johnny's sitting right next to the helmet so if he misses he's gonna hit he's johnny. gonna hit johnny <laughs> how convenient i know right and I think that's the end of the minute. That brings us to the end. We're, we're going to get a lot more happening tomorrow. And uh, so we'll save it for then. Okay. In the meantime, our website is madmaxminute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at madmaxminute and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash madmaxminute. Thank you for joining us for Mad Max Minute number 32. We will see you tomorrow. Motorbikes and leather men Take me to the end of the dream Hold on tight, so it's your feeling.